and this is Uncle Sam with Music and the Truth Until Dawn. Right now, I've got a few words for some of our brothers and sisters in the occupied zone. The chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans, another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on or behind the lines, this is your song. And welcome everybody to our Daily Gun Show. We'll come to you live every night at midnight Eastern for about an hour. We'll talk about guns. We uh, broadcast it on YouTube. We uh, simulcast it on the much better gunchannels.com where we're following the conversation from the people that are joining us live. Uh, just a heads up, because of Europe, we're dealing with a uh, issue with the server, so it's easiest to just refresh once in a while over there so that you're not missing any of the uh, comments that are coming up in the text chat while we're going. Uh, there's a bunch of people that have links over there. If you'd like to join in, again, hit refresh, and you'll see your links popping up. If you want a link, let us know. It's like uh, we got a couple of hosts tonight. Got Angelina jumping in from California. Thanks for joining. Hello. <clears throat> also have Clover jumping in from Texas. Hey, Haas. Thanks, Steve. Got, got a cycle back from uh, Connecticut or Connecticut, they call it. I think that's how you pronounce it. How you doing? Good. So uh, tonight is episode number 587. We're a few weeks away from episode 600, so I'm curious what people think we should do for episode 600. There's quite a few lightweight shows that aren't even in their hundreds yet. So I feel like we should do something to crush the competition. A couple of daily shows that think they're so good, and we still have more episodes than them. So something we can do to flex our muscles and impress everybody. Give us some ideas, and we'll uh, stay tuned to the comments for that. It is um, Tuesday, so we talk about the Second Amendment. Back in the day when we had hosts like Smeggy, uh, he would care about the Second Amendment and do something about one of the states. We'll probably put one of our uh, co-hosts on the spot and talk about what's going on in their state. Or you can talk about Illinois. Deerfield, Illinois got blocked today on an injunction against their stupid draconian infringement. Mm -hmm. So that was good news. But um, it's Tuesday. We're going to talk about that. Uh, Second Amendment stuff. It's got a couple of things going on on the calendar. We'll talk about that. But uh, before we dig in, got a couple of people joining us, people out in the chats. Anybody have anything that you want to bring up that we should talk about tonight? Welcome. Hey Nothing. Yeah. Um, no, no, I don't. I mean, unless you want to talk about North Korea, then I always want to talk. <laughs> so, but because Trump went over there and talked to the North Korea guy, who was it? Uh, Clover and Ghosts earlier? Or was no, Matt didn't have a chat tonight, so it was Clover's chat. Uh, no, it was Ghost chat. I don't think he thought it was such a big deal. What's your opinion on it? Angelina, you're the one who want to bring it up. Oh, um, I didn't know you were asking me. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it was, I mean, however it's going to turn out is however it's going to turn out. But just as far as like a moment in time, I mean, that's pretty historical. Anybody else have any opinion? Yeah, I mean, I mean, if it, if it ends up working out, then, uh, yeah, I mean, that'll be, It'll definitely be one of those that, you know, be put in history books and replayed and, you know, over and over, kind of like, you know, Mr. Gorbachev tear down that wall and so forth and so on, I think. I don't know if it's that big. It's not the Cold War, but it is well, one of the questions of rogue nukes out there. And uh, Well, but there hasn't. I'm not saying it's on that scale, but, I mean, it'll be, sure. you know, I think for years it'll get that type of... Uh, replay it'll definitely be a feather in his camp right it's hard for him to suggest that he's a warmonger because i think that was one of the fears that he'd be crazy or he would just be a buffoon as far as international stuff and right i don't know I mean, yeah and especially considering you had rodman and, and i sort of alluded to that in uh in ghost chat earlier but i didn't get uh totally into it but if you, if you want some interesting stuff i mean go listen to a lot of the stuff Rodman has been saying, not just recently, but in years past, because he, he pleaded with uh, the Obama administration for years and years and years to, you know, open up talks and, and try to utilize diplomacy to, to get something done. And Obama had 
I don't know, other things on his agenda. Who knows? But Obama couldn't do it. Look at uh, there's a couple of things going around today where they contrast when Obama suggested he might be willing to do something like that, although he was never asked to or anything. Um, you know, they they ran him over the coals for even suggesting he would talk to such a rogue state. Um, but are you suggesting that Rodman, after going over there and talking to the human beings involved, probably saw some sort of glimmer that, hey, there's something here. We don't have to necessarily only have one option based on ignorance and no, and that's complete lack of communication. Instead, why don't we talk to these people and give them an out? I mean, how do you, I mean, the, 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 I didn't get a chance to comment on Ghost Thing earlier when they were talking about it, but yeah. it seemed like the thing was well, this guy made mistakes back in the past, so there's no way to ever deal with him. Everything he says is wrong. So fuck that guy. How do you put him in a corner? What's he supposed to do? Yeah, I mean, yeah. If you if you know, I get that. You know what he's done and and the atrocities and other things. But you know, look at it like you know, I got to look at it a, d- a different way too. Occasionally, and, and I'm not making excuses for what he's done. I mean, in no way, shape, form, or fashion. But you know, his father and then his father before him, right? was absolutely horrible so then he comes in he takes over and that's what he's used to that's what the military advisors are used to the people advising him and and carrying out this stuff maybe you know he's obviously got some ties to the western world because he's a big basketball nut right it's a big nba nut that's where the whole rodman thing comes into play um plus didn't he go to school like in in europe somewhere or something anyway um so he's got some ties to Western culture and civilization. Maybe, you know, he felt the need for the longest to follow in his, his father's footsteps. But then when uh, an opportunity presents itself to actually move in a more Western direction, you know, ultimately that's what he wants to do. He doesn't want to be his father and grandfather. Yeah. And I don't know people expect him to go from black to white or zero to a hundred or whatever from good to bad. I mean, how many people look at it like this? And, and I, it's not the same scope. You're talking when you're talking about having people taken out and starving people and whatever. I mean, it's not the same. But a certain amount of that is is obviously going to be, you know, with his blessing, understandably carried out by a lot of the the upper crust of the military that he controls. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, you got a situation there to where. You know, let's say your father is a plumber, and then you become a plumber, and then your son becomes a plumber, and then your grandson's like, may become a plumber, and then say, screw this, I want to be an electrician, <laughs> right? It's like, I don't want to do, follow this and do this. I know this is a family thing, and we've been doing this forever, but this is not the direction I want to go. Or maybe you just want to not celebrate Thanksgiving or something, and you got to wait for Grandma and Grandpa to not be hanging out. Well, that's then... true, too. Yeah, we don't want the big, huge family Christmas anymore. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. All right, so uh, cycling, a thing to add. Otherwise, it's a gun show, not stupid. Unless Angelina wants to throw something else in here. Anybody? Well, I, I tend to agree. Uh, part, of the, part of the problem was that we put the poor guy in a box, well, I, and I use poor guy very loosely. I mean, he actually did kill family members and all that kind of stuff. Um, but we just gave him absolutely no. I think uh, Clover's thing about saving face, I think that that was huge. And I think that, that Trump was just enough of a not political guy to say, well, screw this shit. Let's just go talk to the guy. And and I think that made a huge impact. And uh, I hope it works out. If it does, it does. If it doesn't, eh. He's got a button. We got a button now. Oh, God's chilling. Got buttons. No big deal. Yeah, certainly. I don't think it. I don't think it sets anything back for sure. All right, we're narrow backcasting to the people at Gun Channel, so that's all that matters, right? So test this for me. Um, DFVTP said that the text chat is working down here, but not up here. That would be a good step because that would tell me a lot. Shit. So type something down here. Somebody type something in the chat room. Ah, good. Thank you. So that tells me a lot. We just have to kill our codes and get a new code. So let me get a new code. We can wipe it around the site and it looks like our chats are back. So thank you for the feedback. Stupid ass YouTube will suck it. Unchallenged is back. So, uh, are we done with 
North Korea? Can we dig into the second one? Uh, yeah, I guess we're done with North Korea. Did you want to throw something else? Who's your topic? Um, no, I mean, that's pretty much it. Like, I mean, I was just, you know, on a general, you know, moment in time of history kind of cool. But, um, I mean, as far as this dude, maybe he's, uh, maybe he's into, you know, liberating his people. Because right now he's, uh, he's respected and loved because you have no other choice. But can you imagine if those people get like McDonald's and Facebook? Then they'll really be like, oh yeah, this guy is awesome. And, and they get a rap. I mean, well, I'll say they get a rap because you got to realize this is a generational thing where they say, well, he's starving his people and his people don't have this and his people don't have that. But for years, they've all been in a box and nobody has tried any type of you don't you know you're either going to have to go in and completely bomb the place and start over or you're going to have to utilize diplomacy in order to try to bring the people up and, and give the people more western way of life more civilized life whatever the, the case may be so you know in a sense by putting them in a box you create a situation to where you're kind of helping to starve the people in a way here's kind of i'm going to take it just hold over direction since we're talking about it a little bit um but here's a different way to look at it, hopefully. So we got North Korea. Let's say, just for this theoretical thought experiment, um, everything works out. You know, all is forgiven at least. Maybe he dies. Who cares? But North Korea, the human beings, the people that live there are open to the rest of the world. So they're not quite coming from, like, the Dark Ages. They're not like one of these tribes that's discovered in a really remote area of one of the giant continents, right, where they come out of literally the Stone Age and hit, you know, modern days. These are people that are coming out of like probably what forties, fifties, you know, kind of. They're aware of what's going on, just haven't been able to participate. Um, I don't. I think it's obnoxious to think they're going to come to the west. Hopefully, they don't come to the west. Hopefully, they don't go just to the east. But hopefully, what I'm thinking is we get to see North Korea uh, become potentially some sort of uh, fresh canvas and get to take you know, from that with uh, some, you know. They, they get to take the best of all and make a whole different kind of a mix. You know, it's an, an opportunity there for those people to get to sample and then come up with their own unique flavor that's going to you know, hopefully be something we can all enjoy, It'd be different. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think they're that far behind. I mean, let's not forget that uh, – North Korea has been a major trading partner with uh, China for quite some time now. Oh, no, I'm not saying they're in barbarians or nothing. I'm just saying as far as uh, culture and, and internets and conveniences and diet and choices and stuff, they're, like I said, they're just getting to step onto the moving sidewalk where the rest of us are taking all that shit for granted. And maybe they'll see it with a fresh set of eyes and a, a different you know, experience. They've had a rough time. Till ninth, what is this? Two thousand eighteen. Very few places on the planet that have been able to, that are going to be able to come from, you know, that to two thousand eighteen in a relatively quick turnaround. I think what you're saying is basically, they only have what they've been given, and basically the world's opening up for these people. Yeah, they're going to have the ultimate buffet of culture and tech. I don't know how much they're going to pay for it, but I suspect a lot of people are going to bring it to them, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. And by, okay. by just opening it up, you're talking about a lot of there's going to be a lot of philanthropy and stuff like that potentially going on in there as well. Mm-hmm. All right, so I just forgot to throw that in there, but let's get back to the Daily Gun Show. It's all about Second Amendment on Tuesdays, and we have a couple of things to talk about. Um, what is this first thing? Favorite gun and or sports TV show? It's really more of a Wednesday thing, but we'll hit it if we get to it. Same with this uh, good idea, bad idea. I don't even know how that got in here, so we're going to move that till tomorrow. So we got um, uh, a pro-gun organization that I like to hit every week, and do I not have one in here this week? Let me go look at our notes. I've been screwing around with getting the site or the page the next couple of weeks. I'll set up on the schedule. And, yeah, I guess we don't have an actual organization. So we'll let Cycle Camp pick the gun owner's rights organization for this week. And I'll mention that I saw Bob out in the comments on the YouTube side. The, um, did I already mention our 600th episode is coming up on June 29th. So uh, looking for, I guess I did, we're looking for ideas of what we should do for a 600th show. 
It would be cool if Bob came back for the 600th episode. Always got the invite. So, Cycle, if we're going to talk about a Second Amendment group, a pro-gun owner's rights group, which one should we talk about today? Uh, you want to talk about one that cheesed me off a little bit today, or what? Shouldn't <laughs> always pat everybody on the back, call them the pizza fire when Well, the, the Second Amendment Foundation uh, uh, pissed me off a little bit today. I mean, generally speaking, I like them. They're good guys. I'm a member and all that. But they, they sent out this mailing that really that really steamed me, and they, they send it out in, like, this official brown envelope that says, you know, official juror's notice and and basically it's it's just a plea for give me money under the pretense of you know if you were a juror and you were putting all these other like bloomberg and and all these other guys on trial you know you'll cast cast your ballot your your jurors ballot against these people and i just thought it was a uh, just not a good way to come at it i i wasn't i wasn't happy with that generally speaking i i like the organization i think they do a lot of good work Is everybody members? I'm saying that. Say that again. I'm sorry. Is is everyone a member? I am not. I Second Amendment Foundation. I don't think I am. Yeah, uh, definitely one of our foundation groups. Uh, Alan started Citizens Committee Keep Bear Arms in when he was 26 years old in 1971, and then in 1975 started the Second Amendment Foundation in reaction to the NRA's uh, basically uh, inactive, in, in action with the 68 uh, Gun Control Act. So um, one of our core organizations, he's been doing the, the uh, Gun Rights Policy Conference uh, for since, I don't know, 75, a long time ago, um, 33 decades or more. Uh, they, it's an ultimate resource, keeps the community in connected and in sync and uh, they're responsible for all kinds of campaigns, such as um, the Firearms Policy Coalition, uh, JPFO, they've helped them out a lot, uh, the uh, Doctors for Responsible Gun Ownership, and then, of course, uh, uh, lobbying and whatnot for things like concealed carry in Illinois. So not, one of the least, um, one of the, not one of the biggest uh, vocal ones out there, but doing a lot of work and they get a lot of support. I'm not going to suggest that they're perfect, and there's people that'll suggest Alan's uh, money uh, vacuum or something, but um, I don't know. We have X amount of them, and he's definitely not one of the bad ones. He's uh, doing a lot of good, and uh, if he is making a zillion dollars off of it, certainly not spending months on vacation because he spends all his time, his actual time, which is our most valuable commodity on the Second Amendment. After 19 books and uh, fostering the sister uh, organizations that work on things like, I didn't mention the international one. He's one of the companies that's fighting that whole NRA worry about the UN. I mean, you can blow that off all you want because the NRA is too uh, marketing heavy on it, but it's an issue. There's international pushes for firearms uh, restrictions are what have pushed the three main uh, phases of uh, U.S. anti-gun um, whatever. So that all comes from international influence. And Second Amendment Foundation has also uh, put effort into reaching out to 17 different countries or something. They, they, they support pro-gun organizations in 17 different countries with their international grant branch. So uh, interesting uh Group. Well, we've talked to Alan before. We'll talk to him again, I'm sure. I'm planning on uh, outreach, reaching out to the uh, various group founders, talk about the foundings of their organizations. Really interested in talking to Alan because, again, he started Citizens Committee when he was 21 years old, 26 years old. Uh, I wasn't doing shit that important when I was 26, and I have not kept anything for 30 years. Uh, I can't even imagine. I can't. I'm fucking. I'm dealing with the uh, issues of it right now uh, when it's more than uncomfortable to continue fighting. And I can't even imagine doing it for 30 years when it hasn't been comfortable or through decades where it wasn't comfortable or easy or making money. So uh, good one, though. So I would highly encourage people to join Second Amendment. If I remember right, it's the cheapest one. It's $120 to be a life member of. 
lot you get a lot of paper you get a lot of paper so uh alan likes to write stuff down he comes from 1971 things were written down back then so yes they send out a lot of paper but it's been effective throughout most of their existence uh, i suspect you can tell them not to send you the paper well the, well, other, the good other good thing about uh the second amendment foundation is NRA is very, very choosy about which things they go up against. And they will not go up against something unless they think they can win. And the Second Amendment Foundation is, we don't care what it is. We don't care how big or small it is. We go after everything. And and I, I think that just speaks to the commitment. You know, I think they do a better job because, and a lot of the things that the NRA signs on to, it's because the Second Amendment Foundation paved the way and got the lawsuit started. NRA is just doing me too, me too. And and I, I think that, that that speaks worlds about the organization. And that's one of the reasons that I joined. Anyway. Right on. Well, like I say, they're not all infallible and we should hold their feet to the fire when they're doing stupid stuff. They all do, do goofy things once in a while. I definitely... You know, listen to them on interviews, listen to all the different figureheads or founders on interviews, and they say weird things sometimes. Some of them have, like, really weird, uh, you know, they'll be in, you'll be in a line with all of them, all their positions, and then they'll have a really weird one once in a while. All right, well, um, one of the other things I'm going to start doing on Tuesdays is talking about a Second Amendment advocate and doing the uh, 2A History Project, and I don't know how far that's going to go, but I'm going to keep working on it. Uh, and we're going to shove it into the show now. So um, today we're going to be looking back at a guy called Warren Page. Does anybody remember Warren Page? Maybe old timers. The name sounds familiar. Give a second for the lag out there. Bob's out there. He might remember. I'm trying to think who else is old out there is watching. And uh, anyway, Warren Page was. Uh, let me go grab it off a minute, man. I have a better summary over there. Building the stream. Building the stream or something. Yep. Exactly. Uh, so some of these, as I'm digging through Second Amendment history, it's not written down anywhere yet. So, you know, as I'm discovering it and I'm digging in, I was curious, who makes this NSSF? Where they come from? I know they've been around longer than anything except for the NRA. They've been around longer than any of our national level gun owners rights groups that we're familiar with. Gun owners, Second Amendment, JPFO, anything that's around now, NSSF's been around longer. And I'm curious where they came from. They're the industry group and whatnot. So, uh Digging into that, I found Warren Page, and uh, infinitely interesting. It's one of the guys that got me started digging into uh, more of the 2A history stuff. So uh, screen sharing here, I'm over on Michigan University and on the uh, 2A history under resources. And I've got this tree set up, and I'll be doing more of these. But right now, this is where Warren's at, just spatially. He's uh, in 1961 is responsible for the starting of the uh, National Shooting Sports Foundation, and uh, that eventually become NSSS, NSSF, and then that, of course, is SHOT Show. So uh, we go down and take a look at this guy. He's on the activist page, and I have a quick summary, and we'll dig in a little bit more tonight. Uh, but just to keep him straight with everybody else, he was born in 1910. 1910, so he's older than my grandpa. And uh, died in 1977. He graduated from Harvard in 1931 when he was 21 years old. He graduated from Harvard in World War II. He was a Navy lieutenant, gunnery instructor. Makes sense, you know, in, in the shooting. Uh, 1947 to 74, he was the editor of Field and Stream. I think he's got a massive reputation there. We're going to dig into some of those things that I found on the web. Uh, he was awarded a Weatherby Big Game Trophy, which from what I understand is very few people on the planet have been awarded that. So he has a big avid hunter at the highest levels, I guess. Um, in 1960, he created the first national conference on the steering sports, and I eventually would like to have time to go in and, and extrapolate on that. But from what I remember reading, uh, it was like the hunting groups that got together and kind of looked at each other at a national level and said, uh, who's advocating for us? Like, what's going on here? And if you look at uh, some of the talks or discussions about our Second Amendment and the uh, the struggle to deal with our Second Amendment rights throughout the length of the history of the country, there's been waves of uh, anti-gun um, pressure. And this was 
the, the there was some there was some pressure on hunters uh, at this time uh, in the fifties, I guess, and uh, there was a lot of hunting and a lot of sports shooting. It all had kind of happened, and it was all in that first generation or maybe second generation of uh, professional shooters and hunters, I guess. Anyway, they all looked at each other and said, "What's going on? We need to get together. We have to have somebody advocate for us. Otherwise, we're not going to exist after a while." Something to that extent. So they created the uh, National Conference on the Shooting Sports. It was mostly to protect hunting lands and species and their rights to hunt, not their rights to the gun, because their gun wasn't in question. It was their land that they were in danger of losing, I guess. Uh, says he founded the National National Bench Rest Shooting Championship, and in 1972 he was the director of the NSSF. Um, so that's a little synopsis. Um, does that ring anybody's bell or anything? What I'm talking about yet? Well, the bench, uh, the bench rest thing. He was big into um, like precision rifles and stuff. If I remember from the field and stream, some of the field and stream articles I've read before. Yeah, he wrote a. He actually wrote a book on that. Oh, okay. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it was a book I read then. Yeah, there was a book called The Accurate Rifle, and that is like a classic work of uh, rifle accurization. And he wrote it shortly before he died. It uh, looks like 73 is when it was published. Okay, that may be what I'm thinking. Yeah. It looks like he was 67 when he died, so he had a pretty full life, and especially if he did a lot of stuff. Uh, it looks like he was the editor of Field and Stream for 24 years. Uh, he left the magazine, but he was the president of the National Shooting Sports Foundation, the NSSF, when he died. So at 67 years old, he was the president of the NSSF, which, like say, he helped found in 1960. Um, talks about his hunting stuff, and then we get into kind of the description of Mr. Page was born in New Bedford, Massachusetts, graduated at Harvard, Harvard University in 31. Uh, following that, he taught at Lawrenceville School, New Jersey. Then in World War II, he was a Navy lieutenant and gunnery instructor. He belonged to the National Skeet Shooting Association, which was founded in like the 20s, so it wasn't uh, around for a long time when he was in it. Alaska Big Game Trophy Club, African Wildlife Leadership Foundation, Ducks Unlimited, Campfire Club of America, Alaska Professional Hunters, Ventrest Hall of Fame, and South Dakota Ringneck Club. So just having that many um, affiliations with organizations makes it seem like he was uh, interested in community and getting people uh, aware, right, and and uh, doing more than just casually, rec you know, having recreation in some of these things. Uh, he was a co-commissioner for a North American. Now that is with something, some kind of hunting thing, and it looks like he had a grandkid. So I know that uh, this isn't the one I was looking for. I found a couple interesting things that got kind of into his mm, attitude and his way of doing stuff that were more written by friends about him, like as a, you know remember the real guy not just his accomplishment so if you are interested in stuff like this it's out there uh, i didn't find it here uh you know just quickly looking tonight but uh warren page uh from the olden days 1910 um again there are a lot of things to think about there but uh our our rights have never been just set in there uh for us to just enjoy they're always under attack in some way or another we always have to be vigilant this is an example of a guy from the hunting realm that came in and did some work, left us with the NSSF. I wonder if, he, if anyone would have ever asked him back in 1960 if he thought that in 2018 it would be, you know, the fifth largest convention in Vegas and you know, the industry, because there was other uh, things happening, just not national level, I guess, if he would have thought it turned into what it turned into. Not to mention the, the industry's got to have been better off for having a trade show like that, right? Oh, yeah. Um, so that's on Tuesday. We're going to talk about our Second Amendment group each Tuesday. We'll talk about an advocate if anybody wants to suggest one. Uh, it's all about having a conversation here and learning from those who came before us so we can stand on their shoulders. So, so uh, you, you see them in the schedule and you think somebody might be more appropriate. Maybe it's uh, you know, coincides with an anniversary or something. Then uh, let me know. Just schedule is just you know spreadsheet. We can shuffle things around. We do it all the time, and we're trying to look for participation in the show. So we're going to be doing some other things to encourage that as well. Um, what do we got next Tuesday? So I don't know. Does anybody else want to throw anything in there about either Second Amendment 
for the stuff we've talked about, Mr. Page. And we'll keep going. Yeah, I don't have nothing. Our member of the day, try to feature a member over on Gun Channels. Uh, it went through as I was scheduling out the show yesterday night and just picked a bunch of people that were online over on Gun Channels. So we want to recognize some of the just kind of, I would say, random group of people that were online and in the chat. So it's Ozzy. Uh, Ozzy, you might remember, made that holster, sent it in. We sold that over on the 24-hour gun show. Do appreciate that. Every little bit helps, and that keeps Gun Channels online a little bit. Uh, gives me time to pursue you know, the chat issue that we're dealing with. Again, that's stupid Europe and their stupid data rights crap. Made everybody, uh, all of our, all the people that we get our service from have to fart around. So all of our trouble tickets and stuff got kicked to the curb. But appreciate everybody who's uh, doing like Mike and supporting the gun channels in creative ways. Uh, that created a holster, which I think he had some fun creating. And he got to share it with everybody. Came over here, I got to share it with people. And now it's off to its owner. Will enjoy wearing it around uh, with the J frame. Sweet. Yep, it's working. <clears throat> a Clover testing in there. So as long as you use the uh, text box down below, like I say, I'll fix the rest of it later on tonight now that we know what the issue is. Uh, you don't have to refresh in the box down below. So let's show everybody again. If you're using the text box down in the bar down here, it happens. If you go up here, you got to refresh. So just we'll fix the codes in these boxes later on tonight. For now, just use the chat box down here. You're good to go. Anybody else want to say anything awesome about Mike? No. Um. Yeah. I mean, he's around all the time. So yeah, he's uh. Yeah, definitely one that supports a lot of channels in a lot of the chats. His main night might be Mike. I don't know why I'm calling him Mike. It's Ozzy, so I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, gun shop of the day, Davidson's Firearms. Anybody ever bought anything from Davidson's? Not direct. Mm -mm. They, do nope. a, they do a wholesale program, though, don't they? Uh, yeah, I'll... Mm, no, actually, I guess not. This is something else. I thought it was Davidson's, the wholesaler, like you're thinking of, but I guess it's Davidson's uh, oh, cool. Henderson, Nevada. So I went back and I'm recycling some, and I guess I should screen capture it so you all look at nothing. Um, I'm recycling some from past shows, and this one must have been sent in by email, I'm guessing. Extra credit to you know who sent it in, but since it's from Henderson, I guess I know. Uh, actually, it could be any of two people, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Anyway, kind of neat. Looks like they have a 360 of their store. How awesome is that? Eventually, we'll get back on the road with the gun show loophole tour, and this is exactly what I'd like to do. Walk in there with a camera and do a nice little 360 like this, nothing fancy, and then uh, give people a pretty good idea of what a gun shop is like, and then a couple years from now, you know, they could even look back at this and go, oh, look how much we've grown. Anyway, very cool. Great thing to put on their website like that. And um, suspect it's on Google Maps also, which has got to be great for customers, right? Be able to really get an idea of what kind of inventory they've got. Yeah, it's a nice little, um, <clears throat> their site's kind of, it's basic, but there's a lot of information on it. Yeah, they certainly didn't put a lot of effort into uh, fanciness. But like you say, it's got everything you need. White yeah, on black. it's like simple. Well, it's one of the things that you know when you're dealing with when you're dealing with websites, you've got if it's if it's something that somebody's going to spend a lot of time on. So, I mean, if you had like an online store there, or if it was like a social media platform, you know, something somebody's going to be spending time, then yeah, some some flash and pizzazz, I guess, is kind of nice. But if it's just to get you know a business card, if it's just there to get people into your store, then as long as it's got the information, who cares? That's my that's always been my take about it. Yep, very good. Except uh, the only thing I would give them is, um, a, you know, a little more organization. It's a little tough to even find the info that you're looking for, and nobody likes white on black. When you go to copy and paste it, it can be an issue. And then uh, the one little tit nitpick is they've got a phone number and their email, like in the image. You know, you can't copy and paste that. And on a phone, that's going to be annoying. When you have a phone number just written out on a phone, you just touch it and you're calling them. Yeah, yeah right. they definitely need to upgrade for the times, but 
better than no website, really. Oh, sure. Especially with that 3D little tour. That yeah, the 3D tour is actually like kind of a cool little touch. So every day we try to feature a shop. If you'd like to recommend a shop, our email is dailygunshow at gmail.com. I'll give you getting into more of a routine with uh, checking all that since there's no more Jimmy. There's no more Smeggy. There's no more Bob. There's no more Dano doing any of the good, you know, that fun work. You get to do it all. So uh, send it in. We'll be adding that stuff to the show. And uh, that's what it's all about is uh, having a conversation about guns. We're at about 38 minutes tonight. I think we started on time. Um, we talked about, we didn't talk about that. We talked about our member of the day, Ozzy. We talked about Davidson's firearms just now. We have not talked about the Sten, which is our gun of the day, and I don't know how it got stuck in here. Did somebody write that in here? I wrote that in there. What's the way you sticking Sten in here? What's the Sten all about? Um, I figured I would be, like, helpful and earn my paycheck. And then there wasn't a gun of the day, and then there's no Bob of the day, so... Uh, the Sten, so um, <clears throat> a uh, a family member of mine lives in England, and they went to this thing recently where they had a bunch of, like, World War II guns out, and she posted a picture of her kid holding a Sten. And my great-grandpa, who was in the English Army or whatever in uh, World War II, he would talk about using that gun. So... I don't know, it's just a cool little weird machine gun. But then I've seen, I've seen Hickok fire it, and it's pretty fun. So I thought, you know, might as well, uh, might as well be the gun of the day. Right on. Have you shot a stun ever? I have not. Have you? Oh, yeah. Clover? Yeah. Uh, cycle? No, I have never fired a stun. Uh, it's a unique one. It's a uh, made out of a bicycle shop for six bucks during the war. So they're awesome. And they got the stupidest mag ever. They come out from the side, weird horizontal kind of. Do you hold uh, on to it? You can. You, right? Yeah, I mean, everybody I know who owns one does. And everybody who's on the internet tells you if you do, then it don't work. Right. So um, they cost six, six bucks to make. They made them by the billions. And they're pretty rugged. Um, they're neat to shoot. Like I say, they've got a crazy recoil impulse because it's a big piece of pipe, right? Just hollow tube. And then there's a smaller tube for the nine millimeter bullet. And then there's this giant round, like coffee or like a soda can, a Mountain Dew can full of lead or steel that shuffles back and forth inside of that tube. So it's like, you got a shake weight and your this nine millimeters are shaking the shake. Oh, interesting. The really fast RPM. So rounds per minute is super quick it'll empty a mag really quick it's a clunky trigger so it's not like uh h and k where you can be really precise about dropping rounds or whatever it's more like a clunky gun but um it's like riding a bicycle or a bmx or something once you can just play with us i've had the opportunity to play with a sten all afternoon just thousands of rounds of ammo and a full auto sten and it's the bee's knees. It's a fun, fun gun to shoot. It's a dumb gun. I don't think I'd want one in combat because it's so crude, but it's certainly a fun, like a BMX bike or something, or like a off-road bike. It's just a lot of fun. Like, it was a good time. And a little known fact, I just have to throw this in, um, just wow. jumping in here. A little known fact is it actually, uh, when the Jewish defense forces were using the Sten gun to defend themselves against the invading Arab armies, that's what in, uh, encouraged the designer to design the Uzi, wanting to make an improved version because the 9mm small, simple submachine gun worked so well for them, clearing up the Iraqi uh, trenches or Iranian Yes, I got my flag up in my camper now. Right on. So you got my the camper, which is really weird. It's all tilted because I got the front end jacked up, so it's easier to put the engine in and out. But they're fun to shoot, and um, they used to be inexpensive. They were available from the war, and 
that they must have done some kind of amnesty or something. Because there seem to be quite a bit of them on the market. Maybe people just building them back in the day? Maybe. I mean, if there were just a ton of them everywhere, it's probably easy to find. Made them in a couple of different styles. There's like a pistol one, a couple of different stocks. I think like a lot of the World War II guns, they, um, uh, you know, they made a really nice prototype and then they got really crude. Yeah. They needed to make them quick. Well, cool. Uh, there's actually, like the pictures on, uh, on Wikipedia are pretty good. So everyone should look at those. On their own time, um, but yeah, I feel like it was a good choice. Pretty cool, suppressed, by the way. I would bet, yeah, nine's not too tough to the suppress, and they're uh, did they ever suppress them in the war? I'm trying to think. Um, I, I'm sure they probably did. All right, so that was our gun of the day. Every day we try to feature a new gun. Um, that'll take us into gun history. There's a couple of interesting things today. Um, we'll take into that. Does anybody have any of them uh, off the top of their head from any of the posts earlier today? Uh, Patriot's been done, doing a lot of posting on the main page of gun channels with uh, stuff to add to the calendar. Yeah, he has actually. Um, uh, day in 1920. I think we've talked about this situation before. The U.S. Post Office Department uh, ruled that children may no longer be sent by parcel post. It was June 13. June 13. <laughs> what year was that? I'm sorry. <clears throat> How do we get to June 13th? Isn't that the 20th? Oh no, it is the right one. Okay. That was in 1920. Didn't we talk about this on this show? I know we talked about it on one of the shows that whenever they, they, they oh, I think what it was was uh, there was a date that was uh, in the list here. That was the first date the post office opened up to packages. They went from envelopes to packages. And then like three days later, somebody put their baby in the mail. And then up until today, which was like nine months later or nine weeks later or something, they, uh, they said, okay, forget it. You can't keep putting babies in the mail. Because they were just putting stamps on a baby's clothes and putting it in the mail. And they would put it on top of the mail, and it would just be along with the mail. Sometimes they would give the baby food, they said. But they would mostly, like, send it down to their grandparents, like, two towns over and stuff like that. Wow. <clears throat> what a world, right? Yeah, there's somewhere in there that talks about the longest one, too, which was a few states, I think. Uh, German spies land on Long Island, New York, and are soon captured in 1943. 1944, first for German B-1 buzz bomb hits London. Pentagon Papers started being published today in 1971. Uh, Pioneer 10, already in space for 11 years. Today in 1983, left our solar system. Was Pioneer 10 our first one, or was Voyager the first one? How crazy is that? It took from 1972, 11 years to just haul ass past all of our planets to finally leave our solar system on today in 1983. We have a couple of those that are out flying. Uh, there's a place here in Tucson called Volt, uh, actually, what are they called? Abrams Aviation, and uh, that's where Volter is. Volter makes uh, various AK or different parts for uh, ARs and AKs. They also do the uh, um, that six shot um, uh, cannon or uh, 40 millimeter uh, revolver, uh, uh, Milcor grenade launcher. Uh, those are both made here in Tucson. That same company made points uh, parts for the Voyager and I believe for Pioneer. So they've made parts here in Tucson. That's what a gun company's out there doing. A uh, bunch of other stuff happened that isn't gun-related, and then one thing that happened that is gun-related, and I think I'll wait on that piece of history until the end of the show, unless somebody can come up with it, and um, that's what we'll be doing after the show today. 
is whatever the last piece of history is. Anyone? No one's been watching Instagram today? Um, not me. Sadly, <laughs> sadly enough, no, not me. Nope. Sounds good. So with that, I think we will uh, wrap it all up. It is Tuesday, so that means tomorrow's Wednesday. We usually start out the, sh the day with uh, early watch. I've been helping out with Jimmy and uh, Tony over there. Tony's got his grandkids, so we'll see if he's around tomorrow. And uh, we'll do some sort of early show. Knives uh, usually starts hosting a live lobby that anybody can jump into. And that's usually a pretty decent mix of a couple of guys that are at work, guys that will jump out on their lunch break, a um, uh, couple um, people that are, like, off. You're usually around, you know, just having the day off and doing their thing. And then a couple of the bums, like Flippy, who doesn't do anything ever, just he'll hang out in there and, uh, whatever there's news of the day, it'll usually come around to that, and then in between, it's a bunch of just conversations. So it's a fun thing to do. Uh, every once in a while, somebody will do a live show. Clover's one to do that. Ghost, others will just do a random live show in the middle of the day. Uh, Budget will do those once in a while, maybe reacting to a news article, or maybe, I guess, between other things you guys are doing, it's sometimes easier to go live. So you never oh, know. Yeah. You watch Gun Channel's main page there. It's a good way to get updated on that kind of thing. And, um, oh, I guess uh, tomorrow's Wednesday, so what do they got? Uh, we got the live schedule right over here. It'll start out with Rick uh, doing his Shooting for the Disabled show. And then we got Clover. Got a topic for tomorrow already? Uh, tomorrow's week uh, four of the brackets. Tomorrow is youth hunting rifles. Holy moly, you're still doing youth hunting rifle bracket? Two more. I got youth hunting rifles for tomorrow. Next week will be um, a compilation of the past four brackets to pick uh, best youth firearm, and then we're done. Wow. Oh, so it wasn't all rifle. It was other stuff. No, we've done we done shotgun first, 20-gauge uh, shotgun first, 22 rifle second. Last week was 22 pistol. This week is... Youth hunting rifle, and then next week is the best the oh, compilation of those, and then best overall. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, Matt does his geek chat. I don't know if he said what he's doing tomorrow, but he'll have some sort of bracket usually to wrap that show up. Um, Desma has eyewitness fake news at 10 p.m. tomorrow, so right before our show. And am I missing a Ellis show in here? Is he doing something on? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or something now, or is it? It's just Monday and Tuesday, I think. Um, but if anybody is missing a show, uh, let us know. Uh, let anybody know. There's lots of people that can edit the schedule. You don't have to do anything fancier. Um, there's no procedure other than asking somebody. There's mods all over the place. And uh, then we'll be back at the same time doing our Wednesday show. We are, I guess I did schedule it all out. We can talk about good idea, bad idea. And all the other stuff we're going to talk about tomorrow. Um, anything else you guys want to wrap up with before we head out? Sikorsky had a twofer today. The helicopter company? Uh, well, before Sikorsky was a helicopter guy, he was a Russian and he built planes. And oh. on this date in 1913, he flew and he built and flew the first four engine aircraft. Wow. And then he came to the United States, and years later, on this same day, he flew the first commercially viable helicopter in 1940. So pretty neat. And yeah, that's crazy. Um, well, we'll talk about that kind of stuff. Um, in another show with Bob, probably, if we're going to talk about airplanes. But yeah, I've got some interesting airplane stuff over the last couple of days that I've been kind of discovered. I just noticed that Roosted posted a uh, couple of pictures of that holster, so you might want to check that out over on the main page of Gun Channels. And the thing that no one, let me double check on the YouTube side. Uh, nope, nobody has discovered what today's anniversary is. So let's see. Let's go over here and click on this. It was 1987. It was in film history. It was iconic. Uh-oh. 
everyone has seen it. We'll be watching it on GunTube as soon as this is over. Angelina has not seen it, of course. When I say everyone, I mean minus girls, probably. But nothing. See Troy out there. Hottie's out there. He's not saying anything. No guesses. Can I guess? Well, no, you know what it is. Not really a guess. Can I tell Cycle and he can guess? Troy thinks it's Footloose. I guess Troy will be watching Footloose. That's typical. Well, I, right. did, I didn't think Red Dawn was that old. 84. It's older. But oh, on wow. Evan, today, 1987, the box office premiere of The Predator. So we'll be watching Predator in a little bit here. Thanks wow. to. Wow, I, I didn't realize it was that old. Isn't it crazy? So, uh, wow, that, that's pretty good special effects for a movie that old. Seriously. So we're going to be taking a look at that thanks to the power of the gun tube. I encourage everyone to go over gun tubes. Not even making a hundred bucks a month on Patreon. You know it costs uh, strike more than that. Just in its time to deal with the updates and stuff. Um, let's support this thing. There's a lot of these platforms out there that are being funded by big companies, and that, that's awesome. I mean, we want to see them all succeed. But we know the guy who started uh, GunTube from an idea in a chat and the encouragement of other people who are chatting like this, and he put his skills to work. And instead of working for some pizza place or some fucking lawyer. He started building something for the Second Amendment, and he put that out to the crowd. And we're all using this as an awesome platform. Let's show him some appreciation with money. I wish I had more to give him, but I can definitely encourage those who are uh, out there to let's let's spread the word on that. And uh, but harping on that, we'll uh, go enjoy a little uh, sci-fi with some guns in it. That said, she's going to join us. And. Uh, this we'll see everybody tomorrow. Wait, I'm not ready. So does anybody have a quote or anything? Get my last um, still in here. No, I don't have a quote. Oh, you didn't. You didn't tell me to prepare one. Uh, you knew it was coming. All right. The guys and gals of GunWebsites.com encourage you to take a CCW class every year, practice at least once a month, and carry every day. Thanks for watching GunWebsites.com. Bacon pancakes, bacon, bacon pancakes. Fix a bacon and I'll put it in a pancake. Bacon pancakes, that's what it's gonna make. Bacon pancakes.